Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us today. Now, listen, we are running out of time. It is the end of 2022. And so I thought today and in a broadcast tomorrow, we would talk on the subject of how to finish strong. And I'm not just talking about how to finish the year strong. But I'm talking about how to finish the race of life strong. The coaching staff of a high school cross-country running team got together for dinner after they won its second state championship two years in a row. The program had been transformed in the previous five years from good, they were always the top 20 in the state, to great. They were consistent contenders for the state championship on both girls and boys teams. I don't get it, said one of the coaches. Why are we so successful? We don't work any harder than the other teams. And what do we do that is different? I mean, what we do is so simple. Why does it even work? Well, he was referring to their very simple strategy. We run the best at the end. We run the best at the end of our workouts. We run the best at the end of our races. We run the best at the end of the season. When it counts the most, We give our best. Everything is geared to this simple idea. At the end, we give our best. And the coaching staff knows how to create this effect better than anybody else on the other teams. For example, they place a coach at the two-mile mark. Now, the race is usually about 3.1 miles long. And so they put a coach at the two-mile mark, and that coach gathers data as the runners go past. Then the coaches calculate how fast the runners are going and how fast their competitors are going and how much faster they have to go to complete the race for the last mile or 1.1 mile. So as you look at this, the kids learn how to pace themselves and how to run with confidence. We run the best at the end. Uh, They think at the end of the race. They begin the race with the end in mind. So if I'm really hurting, then my competitors must hurt a whole lot worse, so I've got to kick it into high gear. Have you ever noticed world-class runners, they have that kick, right? Now, there's actually a technical term for that. It's called the runner's kick. That means that when they get to the last 100 yards or so, the runner can sprint. He still has enough left to sprint at the end. No matter how much he's run before, He can sprint that last leg to finish the race and to win the race. Now, I want you to know that God gives us a kick, too. And no matter what your circumstance, God wants you to finish strong. There's an interesting verse that I love, and I quote this verse often when I do funerals. It's about David. Acts 13, 36. When David had served God's purpose for his generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. Do you get that little phrase? When he had finished God's purpose in his generation. You see, everybody listening to me today has a purpose for their generation, a purpose for their family, a personal purpose, and God wants you to finish that. Job 7, 9 says, As the cloud disappears and vanishes away, so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. You see, when we finish, It's over. We don't have a redo. We don't believe in reincarnation. We're not coming back. When we take our last breath here on the earth, 
our purpose is finished. So we must finish strong. You think about finishing strong. To finish something has a lot of different references within the Bible. Now, it can refer to the disappearance of something, like I finished something, I no longer see it. In Genesis chapter 2, to finish referred to the ending of God creating the universe. When God created everything, on the seventh day, he rested, right? He finished his creation. It can be referring to the process of an ending or coming to an end, like in a race, we're coming to the finish line. Now, positively, it can mean successfully completing something. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, it actually refers to the subject of making a firm decision. I've finished thinking about this. I've finished praying about this. This is what I'm going to do. Here is my firm decision. Now, there is great comfort when you get to that point. You've looked at all the different angles, and you've thought about all the different opportunities, and I went through this process just recently, and uh, I've been praying about my chaplaincy and the position that I've had for 21 years, and out of the blue, I got a phone call, and the warden of another institution says, hey, would you consider being our chaplain? And I said, well, I need to really make sure that this is something that the Lord wants me to do. So I began praying about it. I asked my wife to pray about it, and I said, now, Lord, if you want me to transfer, make it abundantly clear by closing doors and opening doors so that I know that I'm not just making an emotional decision, that I'm doing your will. And and lo and behold, after about 30 days of praying, uh, I got a firm decision. Okay, I came to a finish of that, and my wife and I actually said, okay, for seven days of intense prayer time, we prayed for that decision. You see, God gave us the answer at just the right time, okay? Now, finishing also has some negative connotations. Negatively, it means to complete something, to make it vanish. Like I completed covering my tracks when I've done something of a criminal nature. So we're not going to look at that in the broadcast today. We want to look at what it means to finish strong. Finish this year strong, how to finish your life strong. In Psalm chapter 90, it says, All our days pass away under wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Now, I think we've kind of swerved into something here. A lot of people, as they get to the end of their life, the energy begins to go down, and and this is kind of a natural process of aging. So one of the things that I have done is I say, okay, now, Lord, as I get older in my life, I've started to take better care of myself, not only physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. And I've learned to say no to things and not feel bad about saying no to things. You see, God is not leaving his work in you incomplete. We learn from the book of Philippians that God who began a good work in us will carry it out into the day of Christ Jesus. So as our energy begins to go down, we need to trust the Lord more to give us that energy. And then there's some practical things that we need to do. I know you've heard the phrase, don't work harder, work smarter. I think that is so important as you get older that you're going you're gonna to use your life more as a position of influence uh, instead of a position of energy. I used to pray, now, Lord, give me the energy and the work level of uh, the work capacity of 10 men, right? I don't pray that anymore, okay? I, I was killing myself, right? Uh, So I now pray, Lord, give me the influence over 10 people uh, so that I can influence their lives 
to help complete the task that God has called for us to do. Now, God rested when he finished his work, but the rest came after he finished. So one of the things I've learned is that oftentimes I don't rest well because I have so many things unfinished, right? Maybe I squandered my day and I wasted some time and I got out to the end of the night. Now I'm exhausted, but I haven't finished the work God's called me to do. And so I rest, but I don't get good rest. So I've learned to, in the morning time, that is my most productive time. Early in the morning, I make myself get up and I pray. And uh, this morning I spent an hour with about 15 people on a prayer call. Now that's a sacrifice, right? To get up and spend an hour on the phone on a conference call and, and praying with other believers. But you know what? That energizes me. And then after I finished that phone call and that prayer time, uh, I did a little work on a message for Sunday. I did a little time in God's Word. Uh, and then I went out and I walked. And I've already walked three miles today. Before I even did the broadcast, I walked just over three miles. And I'm going to try to walk a little bit later on this afternoon. But I find that that has really helped me with my level of energy, okay? So when God finished his work, what he had been doing, he was able to rest. And then in Genesis 18, 33, it says, when the Lord finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Now, I'm taking out of this an important thing. He finished speaking with Abraham. He didn't leave it unfinished. You ever get in a conversation with somebody and said, man, I I didn't really finish telling that person what I wanted to say. And as a result, uh, you're a little bit stressed over that because maybe it was a touchy subject. Well, God didn't leave a conversation unfinished with Abraham. He stayed there, finished the conversation, and then he left him. So complete that assignment. Look at what Deuteronomy says. Now, Moses, and he's writing in this book, and after Moses finished writing in that book, the words of the law from beginning to end, Moses rested. So Moses had a task to do, right? He says, I got to write here what's called the Torah. And so he finished writing it. He completed it. There's something about completing a task that gives you extra energy. Let's look at Joshua. Now we looked at a lot of people. We looked at God. We looked at Abraham. We looked at Moses. Look at what Joshua did. Joshua chapter four. When the nation, the whole nation, had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Now notice what happened here, okay? Joshua is given a responsibility to take up the role of leading the people of Israel. They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They never got into the promised land. Moses has died. Joshua is now taking over. Joshua was told to be strong and courageous, to meditate on the word of God, not letting the word of God depart from him, but to meditate and to do what God's word tells him to do. And here he finds himself in a dilemma. They're ready to go into the promised land, but they got this this river, the Jordan River, and they've got to get to the other side of it. So God instructs them how to do it. And it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing, okay? Now, the Red Sea, when that was parted by Moses, I get the vision that the winds came and parted the water. So you walk through and there's water on both sides. Now, when God brings the Jordan River crossing with Joshua, it's a little different. He actually stops up the Jordan River. And then 
they were able to cross. But before they were able to cross, the priests had to actually get into the water. So I, I see these priests, right, hiking up their robes, having no idea how deep they had to get into that water, but they had to get into the water, and then the water was stopped up. And then the rest of the nation crossed the Jordan. And so it's an interesting phrase here. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan. In other words, the next step wasn't given to them until the first step was finished, was completed. And when they got to the other side of the Jordan, everybody got to the other side. They waited for everybody to get to the other side. Then they were given some other instructions. And here Joshua was told by the Lord to get 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, tell them to go back into the Jordan, right? Now the water is flowing again. God lifted up the dam or however he stopped it. Now it's flowing again. They got to go in there and fish out 12 stones. They bring the stones to the other side. And as they get to the other side, they stack up these stones. They have a time of celebration. All right, here's my point. When you finish a task, celebrate. The bigger the task, the bigger you want to celebrate. Now, our church has recently turned 25 years old. And I got to be honest with you, you know, after 25 years, I was kind of tired. I really didn't want to go through a whole lot of celebration. But our leadership said, listen, this is a big thing. We made 25 years. We're going to have a time of celebration. So with great reluctance, I said, okay, uh, we're celebrate. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad we did because it infused me with energy. It kind of gave me a new vision for the next 25 years of our church. So Joshua told the people, get these stones, 12 of them, stack them up so that we can celebrate. And not only so that we can celebrate, so that others can celebrate as well. So when the future generations see these 12 stones stacked up, they can remember what the nation finished doing. They finished crossing the Jordan. They, although it took them 40 years to get into the promised land, well, by golly, they finally got into the promised land and they were going to celebrate. So celebrate what God has done. You see, the word finish is found numerous times in the Bible. Finish strong. So let's talk about some of the things that we want to be finished with, okay? Number one, Let's be finished with sin, okay? Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 says, 77s were decreed, okay, seven times seven, are decreed for your people in your holy city to finish transgression. All right, seven times seven is 49. Here, Daniel is learning that the transgression that the people had to pay for violating the years of Sabbath, for 490 years, right? They violated that. They went seven times seven years without having this celebration of Jubilee, without having every seventh year having a, a year of rest. And so for that transgression, every year they violated that, they spent a year in captivity. It's called the Babylonian captivity. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is reading and he figures out Oh, we're getting toward the end of this transgression. We almost have got to the point where we have atoned for this wickedness. And as a result of that, a new prophecy is given. They were to be done with that sin, and as a result of being done with that sin, 
a new prophecy was given to them. Now, I find this really interesting because I think a lot of times we can't move on to the next assignment because we haven't finished the lesson that we needed to learn from the uncompleted assignment that we had. It took this nation these years of captivity, the nation of Israel, to finally learn that they've got to overcome sin. They've got to be done with that sin. There's another thing that I see about those who finish strong. They finish even though they face rejection. Now, let's look at Jeremiah to to get this. And Jeremiah 26 says, But as soon as Jeremiah finished telling all the people everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, You must die. And I don't know about you, but Jeremiah might have been thinking, This is the end of my ministry. I am totally rejected. I have no converts. It must be over. But that wasn't the end of Jeremiah's mission. We go a few chapters and we see in Jeremiah 43 that when Jeremiah had finished telling the people all the words of the Lord, everything the Lord had sent him to tell them, we see that he was told to finish reading the scroll, tie a stone to it, and then throw it into the Euphrates. At the end of his life, his message was done, not in the middle of his life. You see, the tragedy is, is many people quit way too early. And they say, well, I'm 60 years old. I guess I'm done. I'm 70 years old. I guess I'm done. No, finish strong. Jeremiah kept going in spite of being rejected. In chapter 26, he's rejected. The people said, we're going to seize you and you're going to die. And and Jeremiah doesn't die in chapter 26 because God wasn't done with him. God had more of a message to speak through Jeremiah. He gets down to chapter 43 and he tells the people all the words that the Lord had said to him. Everything. He didn't leave anything undone. He didn't leave anything unsaid. He said it all. And finally, in chapter 51, at the end of his life, he finally finishes reading the scroll. And he ties a stone through it, and he throws it into the Euphrates. In other words, Jeremiah knew he was done. He dies right after that. The people tried to accelerate his demise. You see, when you face ridicule, don't let the enemy get a foothold in your life. In Nehemiah chapter 4, we discover that they were building this wall, and they were starting to get discouraged. There was an army that was there, and the army of Samaria was there, and they were ridiculing the people. And they were saying of the Jews, you know, you guys are feeble people. You're going to rebuild this wall? You're going to offer sacrifices here? You think you can finish this? You think you can finish this in a day? Can you bring these stones back to life? This is a heap of rubble. They're all burned on, and and, uh, the wall is gone. You think you're going to restore this thing? That was in Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah is undaunted. He doesn't go down there to talk to them. Uh, He doesn't get discouraged. He keeps on fighting, keeps on building. And in 52 days, that wall is rebuilt. So finish the building project that God has called you to do. Finish the task that God has called you to do. You know, I think about education. So many people never finish their education. Why? They get discouraged. You know, on your transcript, 
it's better to have a D or an F on your transcript than an I. An I stands for incomplete. It means you started something, but you never finished it. You know, I got more respect for a guy who gets fired from a job than a guy who constantly quits his job. You see, when you quit a job, you are quitting on yourself. And I'm not talking about, you know, quitting a job for another job. I'm talking about getting mad at somebody and and walking out and quitting a job when you don't have another job lined up. Listen, finish the task that God has called you to do. Do such a good job that you'll be promoted. Do such a good job that somebody else will hire you. But don't quit. Remain steadfast. In Ezra chapter 6, the elders and the Jews continue to build, and, and, and now they're rebuilding the temple, right? Nehemiah built the walls around Jerusalem. Ezra has a revival, and they build the temple. And under the preaching of Haggai, the prophet of, of Zechariah, they finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel, and they celebrate. They finished the project. You see, oftentimes, we get discouraged. We don't need perfect conditions in order to complete our task. We don't need perfect conditions to finish well. As a matter of fact, those who finish well have always overcome insurmountable odds. They didn't just coast through the finish line. They ran to the finish line. You don't need perfect conditions. What you need is wisdom. You need to see where the goal is. In 1 Kings chapter 3, we've talked a lot about the Old Testament characters. I mean, we've looked at quite a few already. Let's look at Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon makes an alliance with the king of Egypt, and he married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incenses on high places. So here we see something very interesting. We see that Solomon marries Pharaoh's daughter and then moves her to the city of David, builds a palace, and now is building the temple. Now, this is the temple of Solomon. This is not the same temple that Ezra rebuilt. Uh, That's a whole separate temple. But we see here that the people are sacrificing at high places. Now, this is so important because in order to finish well, you need to have wisdom to know what you need to focus on. It wasn't just a physical temple that Solomon had to be concerned about. He had to also be concerned with the people sacrificing at high places. Now, this is where it takes some wisdom, right? Because a lot of people say, well, just build a temple and let it work out. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given to him by his father, David. I did make one mistake. We see that he offered sacrifices in high places. Now, he had to pay for that, but he did get the temple rebuilt. As I look at the whole process of of being involved in rebuilding, I think you finish strong by praying fervently. I can't leave this undone. In Genesis chapter 24, we pick up the story and we discover 
We're going back to the Old Testament. We're going back to see what God was doing in this fascinating chapter. We see that there's a young woman, and she's going down, and uh, she's going to get a drink, and she says, uh, I want this drink, and, and uh, I'm trying to find out what the Lord wants me to do. And we discover that God works miraculous in that situation. Now, I want you to join me tomorrow because I'm out of time to finish that story. But I want you to know that prayers are powerful. Prayer can change your direction in your life. If you have little prayer in your life, you're going to have a little amount of power. If you have more prayer in your life, you have more power. If you really want to finish strong, you got to be a man or woman of prayer. Pray fervently that God will give you the strength. Now, yesterday in the broadcast, I told you, if you'd like to have the little trifold that will help you to read through the Bible in the new year, if you reach out to me, I'll mail that to you. You can either email me, Pastor Corbett at gmail.com Pastor P-A-S-T-O-R Corbett C-O-R-B-I-T-T Pastor Corbett at gmail.com or you can call me 252-267-2365 Thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557 or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10:30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information Go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.